0: We're back. Double coverage, double coverage, double coverage. Mama, we made it. The network picked us up. We're like established. We we need the signs that says like clap, cheer, laugh. J-Mac here, D-Mac to the right. Welcome to double coverage. Mama, we made it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of double coverage with the McCourty Twins. We are still under strict NFL protocol, so me and Deb are still not going to be in close contact, so we're bringing you our podcast in separate homes virtually as we always do so welcome back to the show as you guys know you can find our show every single week on ness and if you miss it there you can go to youtube itunes and be able to find our podcast there and as always keep up with us on social media whether it's twitter facebook instagram at McCordy twins and also check out our website McCordyTwins.com. ton of information there everything we have going on what we have coming up next like our virtual event next week, Monday, the 26th, at 7 o'clock, we'll be hosting an event where we're going to be talking about sickle cell disease. Me and Deb will be doing a special edition of our double coverage podcast. We'll have a few teammates on there to have a little bit of fun as well. So go to McCourtyTwins.com to get all the information on that. DMAC, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, You're a little long winded on the intro, but we appreciate it because we got some good things coming up. Uh, Let's jump right into it. Uh, Not the week we wanted coming off a couple of up and down weeks with scheduling everything and um, didn't get off to a good start against Denver um, and really had to play catch up the whole game. So really not, you know, not what we're looking for uh, from our team. You know, I think obviously in a game you do some things well, but obviously when you don't win, you don't do other things well. Um, There's still a lot of room for improvement. I think the biggest takeaway for us going forward is hopefully we can get on the practice field and start to try to improve some of those things and get better um, and get better right away. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, um, not making excuses. We got to get back on the field and we got to start to improve. So I think that'll be the number. That's what we take away. I would say from this game is moving forward hey, like we got to do what we need to do outside the building and all those things to make sure we're being as safe as possible so we give ourselves the opportunity to be able to practice uh, each and every week to to continue to build as a team moving forward. You can't just show up on Sunday and think you're going to play well. So we need that time, we need that practice, and we need to keep kind of competing against each other to improve. And I think you see that because now we're going into week seven and every week each team gets better. You're seeing improvement from teams. You're seeing, um, like always in the NFL season, teams start to kind of build up. Some teams go down. It's just how it goes. And um, you saw that across the league even this weekend, seeing some big wins for teams, Um, seeing Buffalo and Kansas City go out there on Monday on a change schedule, go out there, compete and then a late game. Uh, with the Cardinals and um, and the Cowboys going out there competing, the Cardinals um, playing very well at night. So um, I think we just got to continue to get better um, and progress with the season going on. And we've seen some pretty crazy things this past week um, Sunday's game, Jets versus the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins come away with a win, but Marcus May comes up with a crazy interception a butt intercepts play. the ball on his butt. Um, a butt I mean, play I've never seen it that like was that. in favor of the Jets so they can stop talking about Sanchez's butt play and now start talking about Marcus Mays butt play and an incredible no interception. Why not? No shot. That that will not take away from Mark Sanchez. A friend a friend of the show though, so shout out Mark Sanchez. <laughs> but definitely an incredible play. Larry Fitzgerald continues to move up in the in the records in the league as he seems like he's just going to continue to play forever and just impact the game forever. This is what 249 games with a catch which is just incredible. But but you you know the crazy thing when you watch the Cardinals and you watch Fitzgerald play, um, and I think especially for, like, people who don't have a, a huge understanding of the concepts and what goes into the day-to-day game planning of being in a game, you watch the game and it's like a third and five, and Fitzgerald is just communicating back and forth with his quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's talking to him. He's talking to Colin Murray, like, hey, look, this guy's coming, adjusting. And they're sitting there for probably about 10 seconds, and he's communicating, snap of the ball, Fitzgerald cuts his route off, turns around, gets a dart thrown to him, falls forward, six-yard gain, first down. Um, And you saw earlier this season a two-minute drive. He takes the ball from Hopkins after a catch, sprints in, gives it to the ref. They're able to spike the ball. So not only his physical attributes of, you know, still playing in this game, 249 games with a catch, but also mentally how locked in he is every week and then how much better he makes the offense by just having him on the field. I think it's incredible. Um and it's great for all young players to go out there and just watch Fitzgerald play the game of football. Without a doubt, from 249 games with a catch for Fitzgerald, moving on to 250 pounds of running back and Derrick Henry, who continues to somehow come up with these 90 plus yard runs that he has another incredible one versus Houston. I got a chance to play with this guy for a season. I remember when he first walked into the meeting room, uh, one of our safeties was sitting in his was, he was sitting in one of our safety seats and he was a rookie. So he was like, Hey man, that's my seat politely. And D hen stood up and I remember we both was just like, he looked like a defensive end out there, and I mean, he's just continuing to kill it, man. Uh, whether he's catching a ball out the back for, he's getting a handful, hand, a handoff. The guy's 250 yards and is running and beating DBs to the end zone. So another incredible play uh, by Derrick Henry, man, this weekend. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the next gen stats was once he hit that second gear and took off to the end zone. Um, and sticking in running back news, Le'Veon Bell um, released from the Jets. Yeah, I mean, I guess that still sounds kind of crazy. Um and signs with the Kansas City Chiefs, so he takes an offense that is richer. full of yeah, full of talent. Um, you know they they find a great rookie running back, um, and edwards Hilaire, and now they add Le'Veon Bell, um, to a very explosive offense. So, like I said, you watched them beat um a very good Buffalo team Monday night, and now the next time you see them play, they will have Le'Veon Bell on the sideline uh, running the ball as well. So um a crazy sight to see in this league and i'm sure there will be more to come as the trade line uh comes up in the next couple of weeks and what what sucks i think when you know Football is a game that has a 100% injury rate. You're not going to see anybody out there playing on Sundays that hasn't gone through injuries throughout their career. Uh, but this one, is just been, it's been tough this year. It seems like week after week, we're seeing these season-ending injuries. And uh, this week was no different. Taylor Luan, uh Devin Bush both going down uh, with season-ending injuries that are going to keep those guys out. But as always, it's part of the game, and it's that next-man-up mentality that keeps our game rolling. Yeah, and I think what it sucks to say this, but I think every week to two weeks, we're going to be bringing this up again. Um, And for the next time we do this show, we have to try to find out, are we seeing players get injured at a higher rate right now? Or is it just the big names that we keep seeing get hurt? That is something that we have to look into. But each week you turn on the TV, you just don't like to see this. You don't like to see teams, some of their top players go down for the year. Especially you're looking at two of the best football teams Um, In football right now with Pittsburgh and Tennessee playing at a high level. So prayers up for those guys and speedy recovery. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, we have a special guest here for you today, Jawan Bentley, captain, third-year pro here for us in New England, a guy who's already in his young career contributed a ton uh, to this organization. So, Bent, welcome to the show.
1: Um, I appreciate the intro. That was probably one of the better intros I've ever had. appreciate y'all having (laughs) me. Sure.
0: We try here, man. We try. You'll be be happy to know we will not talk about how good of a singer you are today. We left that out, so we're just going to stick to, like, good, wholesome topics today. First, starting off, uh, what was it like coming back this year? You went from the young guy learning from a bunch of old guys to now the old guy in the room teaching a bunch of young guys. What was that transition like for you?
1: Uh, I mean, it was one big – you got to – adapt situation, I mean, I kind of came into the system and you learn quickly that you got to adapt to just about everything. So it was just another one of those moments and uh, I was excited about it. Um, Sometimes you have a lot of different emotions going on, but one of the biggest ones I had was excitement. So I was just excited to get things going, excited to see what the season held, um, holds for us and uh, along with other different things, along with like the Society and uh, COVID and things like that. Uh, just another thing to add to the list of just having to adapt
0: for sure, man. For sure. Uh, obviously, you're from uh, PG County in Maryland, uh, uh, a county that is known for its sports. Um, uh, your opinion who is the best basketball and the best football player to come out of PG County? And obviously, you can't choose yourself for
1: football. I was hoping you brought this up. Um, like you said, my area we known for sports. Uh, big time, big time sports. Big time basketball. Big time football. Uh, I would say basketball wise, uh, you kind of put me in like a little bind because we got so many great players. But uh, I would say you got you got Victor. I would say Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo has been holding it, been holding it down for a little minute. He's kind of working his way back. Uh, from injury, things like that. Markell Fultz, I just, I guess, I'll throw those two names out there. Football-wise, I would say um, Chase Young. Chase Young has he's put together a lot of transitioning from college to the NFL. Uh, it's been great to see. Um, and I would say that's my present-day one. And I would reach back in the day. We had Brian Westbrook back in the day. Uh, obviously, I named I named all Dematha guys. Shout out to Dematha. Uh, but, yeah, we, we've we been holding it down for a minute.
0: Obviously, you named all the math the guys because you didn't name Kevin Durant for basketball. Um, so you, I guess you're a little confused. The, the guy's the MVP, two-time finals MVP. <laughs> so um, we I guess we won't hold that too much against you. Um, but, I mean, it, it probably says a lot because you went to Purdue um, and we went to Rutgers. And now Big Ten football is coming back. Who does better this year, Purdue or <laughs> Rutgers? And be honest.
1: I mean, I, I have no other, I mean, Purdue definitely doing better than Rutgers. I feel like that's, that's an honest, that's an honest statement. That's an honest <laughs> statement. Um, I would say Big Ten football in general, I'm excited to get it, get it started. Finally, I know the kids, I know the young guys are kind of, uh were up in the air on it. A lot of them were like a little down about it, but seeing it is coming back. Um, I see Purdue doing well. We got a lot of good pieces, a lot of young guys, a lot of uh, guys got to, kind of get things going. Uh, I think Coach Brom had those guys going. I think Rutgers, uh, Rutgers would struggle, especially if they had Purdue in the schedule. I didn't get a chance to look at the schedule yet, but if Rutgers on there, I'll, I'll mark that one off. The,
0: the last time the last time we heard Brom, we played Brian Brom in 2006. It was a long night for him uh, as down goes Louisville. Pandemonium in uh, Piscataway is known as.
1: It's the past. You're living in the past, okay? All right. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were talking about this season.
0: And Dev lied about the beginning of the show. We're not going to ask you to sing, but I'm pretty sure you've probably been the best singer on every team you've ever played on. But are you the best singer in your family?
1: Uh, in my family, probably not. Uh, I would say as a kid, as a kid growing up, I really didn't have many options. I kind of grew up grew up in like the church and everything. You were kind of, it was that way you were going to do something in the church. So if you wasn't going to sing, you was going to do this. So uh, I was kind of thrown into the choir and after a while you start growing up and you just like, all right, if I'm going, if they're going to make me do this all the time, I could at least be good at it. <laughs> so I kind of adapted to it, but my mom could sing, my brothers sing, everybody pretty much sang, but it never really came up to, I would say, I joined the Patriots when I had to sing in front of my teammates and stuff like that. It's a whole different, whole different ball game.
0: Hey, what, what you got Halloween 2020, a lot going on. Will you be dressing up? Will you have candy? Like, I, I don't know if I'm going to take my kids out, but if I do take them out, I, I know where you live. I know where a couple teammates live. Can I count on my kids coming to your door and getting excited because you got on a costume and
1: candy? Or are you
0: going to be boring?
1: My first, my first year doing uh, the whole candy thing and having the house with candy was last year. Mm -hmm. And it was mainly because y'all was saying that, all right, you better have some candy. I'm walking around. You better (laughs) have some candy ready. So I went out and brought so much candy. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, I'm trying to figure out. I don't know what Halloween hours are. Like, I don't know if, like, how long, how long do the kids come to your house? Is this like the 10 o'clock thing? Like, all right, when is it like, all right, time's up, time to go to bed, that kind of thing. So I'm kind of sitting up, half sleep trying to figure out and I end up with so much candy and obviously I don't throw all the candy away it's just sitting in my house just looking at me so I'm every now and then just kind of grabbing little pieces and I'm like all right maybe I'm not gonna buy as much candy this year so hopefully I'll just buy candy for you guys kids and any other kids that's just linger around but the whole big candy thing that that's not happening this year but I'll, I'll be in the spirit for sure
0: uh, well, we appreciate that, man. We appreciate you stopping by, uh, you guys, Jawan Bentley, great leader on the field, a guy who's been outspoken about things going on outside of the field, like social justice and stuff as well. So make sure you guys are following him and learning about his journey and what it's all about. But we'll see you guys right after this short break. We got the Dan O'Brien, keeping it awesome moment of the week. j Matt, what we have for this one? Yeah, we got a high school kid, junior, uh, and what is the name of the school? Manhattan L-R-E-I High School. He's He's a New Jersey kid, North Jersey, and he came up with this new nonprofit himself, Build It Up thought about it on his own with the digital divide going on. He wanted to be able to supply computers and devices to kids so that they can be able to keep up with the learning. Felt like there was such a disadvantage going on with some kids having, some kids not having. So he came up with computers for good. They're collecting computers, Uh, They're collecting money to be able to go out and get computers. They're refurbishing them, and they're being able to get them back out to students who need them. And to me, this is just amazing. Obviously, as professional athletes, we talk about ways to give back, especially during this time period uh, with COVID going on, trying to do things to help our community. Here is a high school kid who's realizing it early on, wants to sustain this thing while he goes to college and keep it going so that he can continue to help his community and be able to help the people around him. So he's the Dan O'Brien key. An awesome moment of the week. Congrats, Dylan. Great work, great work, Dylan, great work. Uh, next, let's jump right into this. Uh, we got fan questions coming up right here, and we'll go right into our first question. Um, our first question comes from ROKCL. This is really, a, I think, a great question. Um, in a hyper-negative world we live in, how do players with older kids deal with, sometimes kids talking about their dads in school um, what advice do you give for professional athletes who have to deal with this? J-Mac, you want to answer this one first? Yeah, man, this is this is a really good question. I think the 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 first thing that comes to mind for me is your kids are going to know who dad is based upon your your experiences and how you are in the home. And I think for me, that's where it starts, being that fun-loving dad, could be always being able to communicate to him and talk to him. So when they go to school and somebody says, hey, dad sucks, I want them to understand that, hey, their worth my worth is not in a sport is not in whatever job we choose to do in life but they'll know hey no my dad is an amazing person uh what he does uh as for as a father what he does as a husband those are the things that i want them to value when they see me so i think when you go to have a conversation with them about maybe somebody saying something about dad that's the segue into them just understanding that hey people aren't always gonna like you and they're gonna say mean things so you have to be able to hear it and let it roll right off your back and continue to move forward? Dropping gems, J-Mac. Dropping I'm trying, gems. Man, I'm trying, trying. You got anything to add to that? No, no, I, I can't add to that. That was a great answer. I agree a hundred percent with you. Yeah, for sure. Well, you can answer this next one from Joe V. He said, who was the first pick in sports growing up? Sucks that you got to answer me, but it is what it is. Yeah. If I'm going to be honest, I'm going to say it was J-Mac. Um, he was usually the the first pick if people had to choose um, but I will say it all catches up to you when it catches up to you. Later in life, he was a six-round pick. I was a first-round pick. Looks like a lot of people were wrong growing up, in my opinion. Anything to add to that one, buddy? No, nope, not at all. I was the 203rd yeah. pick of the 2009 draft. Still, still, uh, we, out, here, we, still out here playing 12 years we later. We didn't ask all that. Our next question is from Drew Boyle23 and the official Cam Newton show. What coverage do you prefer, J Mac? Man or zone? I think it's a combination of the two. You know, you have to figure out, uh, you got your guys on your team, your secondary linebackers, and everybody. You want to figure out. What do they do best? Are we a more of a man cover team? Are we more of a zone cover? And whichever one you do do better, you may want to maybe run that a little bit more, but you, you want to be balanced. You don't want the offense to be able to come out there and say, hey, every down, first through third, we know they're going to be in man and we can just run a bunch of man beaters. But you also don't want to be too soft in zone and just give up easy completions throughout the course of a game. So I think being able not only to mix up your man and your zone, but also be able to bring pressure and blitz and be able to spin the die a little bit and run some different things or what will make you a really good defense. So you know me, when I play corner, I'm telling you right away, zone. I want to play zone. I want to look at the quarterback. I want to try to make some interceptions. Now that I'm a safety, spin the dial. Coach, put those corners in man to man. Let me roam. Let me be free. Um, but like j Max said, I think it is definitely a combination um, of a bunch of different coverage that make you a really good defense. Thanks, everybody, for hanging with us on Double Coverage with the McCordy Twins, Devin and Jason McCordy. Uh, let's get this going, man. Who lost the weekend, J-Mac? Who do you think lost the weekend? The city of Atlanta. Atlanta Braves up 3-1. The Dodgers come back, and they win the series. Now, Atlanta's dealing with I saw the Falcons tweet it out. We know, we know, we know. Atlanta has become the city of letting it fall and slip through your hands. So the whole city of Atlanta lost the weekend. And who won the weekend? Kobe Bryant's legacy continues to go on and on and on. Um, At the Smithsonian's African-American history and culture, um, his jersey, Game 5 of the 2008 finals, will be displayed there. And it's just to show his greatness and dominance. Uh, It's just great to see uh, as as a year goes by. um, We all miss Kobe Bryant, but the legacy and his legend continues to go on. Without a doubt, without a doubt. But well, we got a game to get ready for this week. The 49ers are coming to town. Jimmy G is returning to Foxborough for the first time, I believe. So going to be a big game coming up for us as we try to get back on the right track. It, 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 it's not every year that you play the defending Super Bowl champs and the defending NFC champs um, all in one season. So play Kansas City. Now we're going to play against the 49ers this week coming up. It'll uh, be a tough physical football game. Yeah, without a doubt. And as I said in the beginning of the show, coming up Monday, October 26th, me and Dev's live virtual event, a special edition of Double Coverage. Make sure you go to McCourtyTwins.com to get all the info to be involved. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us again. Hey, J-Mac, J-Mac, you want to go there because you want to see all of the auction items as well. So make sure you go to McCourtyTwins.com without a doubt. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us this week. We'll be back next week right here on Nessin, and check us out on YouTube and iTunes as well. See you guys next week.